You are about to listen to another episode of That Sports Guys podcast, hosted by Craig Forstall. Find Craig on Twitter at that underscore sports underscore guy. The That Sports Guys podcast is proudly featured by NFL Draft Diamonds, your draft coverage king. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some football talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Sports Guys podcast. I am Craig Forrestal. You may know me from Twitter as at that underscore sports underscore guy. And this evening is all about Idaho State defensive lineman Kainoa Fuiavo. What's going on on your end? I don't. I'm good. Thanks for joining us this evening. I'm always excited to get to talk to a defensive lineman, pick their brains, and we'll get into that. But first things first. California, Downey, California, to be exact. What was it like growing up there? Um, honestly, I'm. I lived outside the district of Downey, California. I'm actually from uh, L.A. in the uh, South Central of Watts. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was on a permit to be able to go to Downey or to be able to go to Warren. Um, my my dad always forced me to, or pushed me to, you know, towards my education and everything to have a good education. And so that's the reason why I end up going to Warren and also the, the family ties, like, uh, um, all my cousins and uh, siblings, they all went to Warren. So uh, I guess I was just following their path as well. And then growing up, besides football, were you a competitive kid, or did that competitive spirit come later on? Uh, no, I was always competitive growing up. Uh, growing up, I wasn't. Uh, I was always outside of the house, so uh, I am playing uh, seven different sports, such as uh, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, uh, rugby, uh, anything with a ball. You name it, I've done it. Uh, yeah, I guess I grew I grew up my whole life just playing uh, all these sports, and then when I finally got into high school, uh, that's when I just started, uh, you know, limiting myself and then just focusing on uh, one sport that I enjoyed the most, which was football. And then after your high school days, I want to ask you about the recruiting process because you initially went to BYU out of high school, yes, but sir. there but there weren't too many other offers besides that BYU offer. How did that whole thing come about? And if you could just recap that whole experience. Uh, so when I started off my freshman year of high school, I only completed one semester. Um, and that was when uh, I was going to, I was attending uh, Maricosta in Manhattan Beach, uh, and then for the second semester, I ended up missing out on my whole school due to, like, uh, some family situations of uh, depending on who I was going to live with, whether my moms or my pops. And then so during that process of uh, – during that whole process, I ended up having to miss school. And then so I wasn't even looking towards college anytime soon, you know. Uh, I was just in it just to, you know, play the game that I love. And then um, after finishing up my sophomore year at uh, Warren and going into my junior year, that's when, you know, some schools or many schools will come by and then they'll, like, you know, 
show interest and everything, but and then they would never pull the trigger of to offer me because I was never eligible. And then uh basically um what's up when I seen all those schools were coming by, you know, trying to talk to me, but they were noticing I wasn't eligible, and then I saw them disappear. And it just like motivated me to like I wanted I want to get picked up. I want to you know make something out of myself. So then, you know, I got with my uh, academic advisor and you know my coaches, my teachers, and then um, we ended up making it happen. Uh, so I have to take zero period and uh an extra class like a um a seventh period and throughout my whole career because of the fact that I missed out on a whole semester of uh high school um so I ended up have to like you know work hard for it and you know really have to earn it and then so the way that my whole schedule was set up throughout my whole three years left of high school um was you know many people have like they'll take electives and everything to help their gpa but throughout my rest of my whole high school career it was uh, all like core classes and everything that i had to take like you know uh to make me division one eligible and i ended up not becoming eligible a week before signing day and oh wow yeah so you know um once you know the grades are found like the grades are all popping up and everything that uh, I found out that, I, you know, I finally got the GPA, you know, to be division one eligibility and everything. Then I found out you had to, you know, take a SAT and an ACT test now and everything. And I noticed, I guess it was going to be a lot harder for me, especially in my situation of, uh, of, I guess the, the lower the GPA you have, the higher you have to score in the SAT and the ACT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, first time it, uh, my first time ever taking the SAT, I don't know. I just got nervous. Um, never felt that type of pressure in my life. And then uh, I get or so the SAT. I ended up doing really bad on my first time ever taking it. And then uh, next next week, uh, well. Uh, I was told, you know, for everyone, you're taking an SAT. If you know it's for sure, like, correct, then answer it. But if you know, if you don't know if it's right or wrong, then don't answer at all because it, I guess those points that really hurt you and everything. So mm-hmm. I was always so tempted. I kept on double questioning myself, like, all right, I got this for my answer. But I was just like, is this really the answer? <laughs> and so... You know, and then I, I was, like, kind of struggling. I don't know. I was just second-guessing myself a lot. And then once I found out about the ACT, they're saying, like, you know, just for, try to answer as many questions you can in such a short period of time and everything. And then so, you know, I ended up uh, taking the ACT and then doing really well in that. And then that's when uh, I finally got my scores back for that. And that's when I found out that I was uh, finally Division one eligible. And so... Uh, I guess everything was happening so fast. Like, you know, I had a lot of, during that time, like I had a lot of schools and everything. They'll stop by, but they knew that I wasn't Division One eligible. So then they will, they will never pull the trigger. And then so once I, like, you know, I got the test results back and everything, I ended up going through, you know, 
my whole Twitter feed, my whole Twitter and everything started DMing all the coaches like, hey, look, I did it. I, I got eligible. Mm-hmm. Like, And so that's when a lot, or all my offers end up started coming in uh, at a, or such at a like late notice. Um, I end up having like a lot of D2s offers. And uh, and then after the D2s, you know, uh, I was having like the big sky start coming in the picture and started getting in touch with me and then from there then um hawaii actually called and you know they end up offering me uh like a couple days before signing day and so i ended up planning on signing with hawaii on signing day and then um on the day of signing day byu ended up calling they're like, hey, we got a full ride scholarship for you and everything. Uh, we want you. We want to know if you're really interested in the school and everything. And my family, uh, they're really into the church and everything of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more, being Mormon and everything. So mm-hmm. I ended up like I didn't have no clue about BYU or anything of the backgrounds of it. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess I was just trying to, you know. Uh, do everything, you know, going back into it. Uh, like, I I made a decision of going to BYU, you know, because of my family being uh, so caught up into the church and everything. I felt like the best way that I could repay my family, you know, for always supporting me and everything was, you know, attending the university, uh, the university of the church. And so... That's the reason why I went to BYU uh, blindfolded. I didn't have any idea what BYU was or how the program is, where it was even at. But I was just interested of, you know, doing anything that, you know, make my family proud. So that's my process of how I ended up getting, you know, ended up going to BYU and everything. And then when I got to BYU, it was such a learning experience. Like, I'm so glad that I went there. And I knew I started, that's when I knew about um, everything that I need to work on, especially myself as a person. And I want to ask you about one of your teammates at BYU, and that's Taysom Hill. Mm -hmm. Do you have a story from your time at BYU with Taysom Hill where you were just like, yeah, this dude's different. Uh, yeah, actually, um, we're in the weight room, and you know, I see all the linemen and everyone. Uh, you know, where the linemen and everyone's, you know, squatting like you know four, four or five. Uh, you know, just warming up and everything. And I seen the, you know, uh, like another, another rack where the skills is usually at. And they have, like, four or five. And I was just like, uh, I guess one of the linemen, you know, I just assumed that one of the linemen is probably working out over there. And he said, no, I just see Taysom Hill. He didn't even take a rep yet. He just goes underneath the rack, like, for lifting four or, four, or squatting four or five like it was nothing. And I was like, yep, this, this guy's different. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, I was like. Or like many people were telling me, like, yeah, he just got off the of injury and everything. I was like, Bruh, I don't know. <laughs> I was never even hurt. But yeah, you know, that, that was my short story of like Taysom Hill. 
And then let's get to you because you've been very productive for Idaho State with back-to-back 50 tackle seasons. And in that same time frame, you've recorded six sacks. How have you been able to find such a consistent role and such a consistent level of play with Idaho State? I mean, just understanding my my assignment and then executing it to the best that I can for, you know, our team to win. Uh, I guess every, you know, I guess uh, every week, you know, I just I try to study film, think about or study about my opponents and everything, what their bad habits or, you know, the way that they give off, like, little signals of where they're going the way they're leaning, what foot is back. Like, I just try to, you know, end up picking up and noticing it all. I don't know, like, a lot of, like, uh, uh, like movements that I end up picking up, like, uh, quickly that I started to notice. And, uh, I don't know, getting a feel for it, especially in person, is different. Um, I, I don't really know how to approach <laughs> the question. Uh I just try to understand. My main job is just, you know, to, to, I guess, understand my assignment and alignment and everything and then just try to execute it to the best that I can to help our team win. And now I want to move into an announcement from the Big Sky Conference where they decided to postpone the fall football season. Where are you and the team right now when it comes to preparing for a potential spring season? Um, so right now we're just treating, you know, the fall or this fall as if it was a uh, spring season or spring ball, you know, just uh, working out still and everything, you know, getting our techniques back and, you know, being out of the really never even got to put on pads you know, ever since, you know, a whole year now, which is kind of crazy, even thinking about. And so, you know, um, it's great right now for us to finally be back on the field and, you know, uh, working out and everything. And right now we're at the stage where, um, you know, we're not in full gear pads and everything, but we're actually doing, like, uh, you know, one-on-ones and, like, drills, like, D-line drills and everything to the point where, you know, we're we end up giving or we end up building back our like uh our react I guess react uh, repetition I guess. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, so I I mean I was just trying to focus on, you know, technique and everything and getting a feel back into how about, or how we're supposed to play. And now I wanna go back to that announcement where the season was postponed. What went through your head when you got word that you would not be playing ball this fall? Um, when I got word that we weren't going to play, I was kind of nervous. Like, dang, this is supposed to be my senior year. This is supposed to be my year where I'm supposed to, you know, go out and shine, uh, ball out to the fullest, and, you know, really make a big impact and really show who – what my what I really can do, especially uh, in my what position I'm at, and uh, when it hit, uh, it oh, uh, it made me you know take a step back and really you know think well, what's what 
analyze everything from looking outside and in, like what I'm, what's uh, what I'm, uh, what I am doing now, and what I need to be working on, I guess. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, before the announcement, even making the announcement, you know, uh, the whole debate of whether hey, are we even gonna have a season? Oh, what's up? We haven't even had fall camp yet. We can't even start fall camp yet. And we're only going to have fall camp for like two weeks or three weeks. And then we're going third straight into the season, even though we missed out on the whole spring ball and everything. And so that was kind of crazy, putting a lot of pressure on me, uh, especially uh, of me thinking about my senior year. I want to move to something on the field with you, and that is, Idaho State, they play a lot of three-man fronts, and you line up at defensive end in those three-man fronts. Now, right. a, lot, a lot of people will just automatically assume that playing 3-4 end is like playing 4-3 defensive tackle if they're just looking at it and they're a casual fan. But could you take us through your specific role in the defense? If you're more of a run stopper, what some of your keys are, whether it's in the backfield or whether it's alignment playing strong side, weak side? Uh, so a 3-4 is way different from a 4-3. Uh, you know, being in a 4-3, you with a, you're just reacting and going. Like uh, your assignment, you're, you're lined up in your gap, and you're just full-on going into that gap. But where in a three-front, you actually have – you actually have to, you know – read and they react uh, all at the same time. That's such a short span of what the play is going to go because you, you have a two gap responsibility in the three front, which actually makes it even more difficult. And, you know, just having, I guess, the that that I have now is kind of crazy for me or for even having those type of stats for, you know, saying now we're in a three-front the whole time of me even keeping up with a team that were in a four-front. So in a four-front, uh, we'll, talk, we'll go into, like, you know, for the passing, uh, four-front, you uh, have two ends, two tackles. Uh, basically, you just let – basically, they don't even have a uh, – what's that, a certain – or they have what's they only have that certain gap responsibility. So what's that? You line up in your gap and you go. The two ends on the outside basically have uh, outside contain, and then you have a pressure from the the two the two D tackles in the middle. And uh, so in the three front in the passing scheme, you have to read the tackle what type of set he gives you. So if this Tackle ends up doing, you know, a kick step, uh, a kick step. We have to, you know, adjust to that because we, as the DNs, we have to keep contained, but we also have to keep pressure on the quarterback to make them, you know, roll out. And once we make them roll out, then, you know, the nose basically has like a spy or like a fail. So uh, just, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback, even while rushing, you know, three guys is pretty insane. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess that's like the, one of the easiest way or like the shortest ways I could describe a three front into a four front, uh, 
I guess in the forefront you have one gap responsibility, and if it's a pass, you just go. Uh, in the three front, you have a double gap responsibility, and you also have to adjust and uh, into the pass where you have to drop or you have to get out to the outside at late notice uh, to also put pressure on the quarterback. Hi, Noah. I want to move into when the season does come around. What are your goals for the next time when you set foot on the field? Um, breaking our, I want to break all my stats uh, individually, but also, you know, want to do it by, you know, doing the things right, uh, not trying to go out there and just do, oh, I'm going to just do me, but also do things, you know, for the team. Um my goal, honestly, is to because we're gonna go into um we to, what we plan on doing is uh in passing passing down situations you know come into uh into that forefront and then we're giving the opportunity where I could just line up outside and I could just go and I could get my one on ones and then all I have to, or my plan is you know just to dominate my one on ones and you know, put pressure on that quarterback, and uh, I plan on getting uh, double digits uh, stats this year. And then before we go to some non-football questions where we give the people a chance to get to know you, I want to ask, how would you describe the culture of the Idaho State football program? Uh, You can see it uh, building up, uh, you know, they're actually building like a brotherhood, a uh, brotherhood, and like a bond between one another. You know, um, especially in uh, the D line room, uh, we have a lot of new faces, new guys, and you know, guys that are even gonna play, uh, like make an impact, especially this year. Um, and uh, we actually did a like a team bonding type of thing where. You know, we all went bowling, had a great time, and, you know, you could see, like, uh, we're really starting to become as, you know, together as one, and, you know, I know once once we really start getting it down into, you know, understanding the bond and uh, the whole, the whole, um, like, as our team as a whole, and everything like I, I believe that will be unstoppable. And kind Noah, that's going to do it for the football-based questions. Now, are you ready to give the people a chance to get to know you under the helmet? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first question I'm going to ask you is, what's the spiciest thing you've ever had to eat, and would you eat it again? Uh, me personally, I dislike all spicy foods. Um, I even have a hard time eating hot Cheetos. <laughs> really? Yeah, I won't eat hot Cheetos. I won't eat nothing spicy. Tabasco, no. <laughs> I like to enjoy my food, not burn, <laughs> not burn my mouth. <laughs> and now let's go ahead and let's ask you about what's song would you choose if you were forced into a dance contest so what would be that song you would dance to a dance contest 
I think it's uh, by Rihanna, uh, work. (laughs) 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 All right. And now let's go ahead to the next question we got teed up for you. And what is the food that you cannot live without? Oh, teriyaki chicken. (laughs) Oh, that that, that was quick. You knew it right away. Yeah, that's my favorite food. Uh, That and then pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Kainoa, if you had a pet parrot, what would you teach it to say? Uh, I think I would teach it to, you know, be like the door monitor, I guess. <laughs> Someone knocks at the door and just be like a ringtone. Uh, I actually try to make it sing a song as well or something. <laughs> you got it all planned out. Now, Kainoa, the last question we have for you this evening is, what would your stage name be if you were a famous actor or musician? Uh... <laughs> uh I never thought about this question. Uh, <laughs> so, I will be a famous. You said an actor or yeah, actor or musician. What would your stage name be? Mm. Oh no, so uh, Mighty Noah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Mighty Noah. Now, before we get out of here, Mighty Noah, I want to give you a chance to leave a couple of final words with the Idaho State fan base, just something for them to look forward to the next time you and the guys touch the field. Um, I mean, worrying hard, especially uh, uh, this pandemic and everything, and um, we're going to be something special, especially in these uh, this upcoming year. Um you know, uh, people outside of Idaho State are going to be sleeping on us. And then uh, I'm just happy that, you know, because you can't uh, make, you know, I like to be the underdog, you know, to prove people wrong. So uh, we're going to make it to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from Idaho State defensive lineman Kainoa Fuiava. When Idaho State gets on the field the next time, they got something special that is brewing within that locker room. So stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us on this episode of Vet Sports Guys podcast. For Kainoa Fuiava, I am Craig Forrestal. Until next time, stay safe and be easy. Hey, everybody. Craig Forrestal. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of Vet Sports Guys podcast. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at that underscore sports underscore guy to catch all the latest updates and podcast episodes. Until next time, stay safe and be easy.